0: Once you take this step in society, um, defining marriage uh, as not between a man and a woman to be anything, you've uh, proverbially stepped out of the plane and entered into freefall, and everything after that is now going to be accepted. You you, you don't you, get to say you no, can You don't get to yeah. say stop. You, you can't put it back in, in the falling. process. Yeah, you're in fall. And you can't say stop.
1: Hey, welcome back. This is the unyielding podcast where we talk about anything and everything from a Christian perspective. My name is Mike, I'm your host. Um, we're down one man today, but I'm joined by Spencer, Phil and Tobias. This is the podcast where we invite you into the conversations we've been having for a long time as Christian men where we talk about our lives, the world, what we think God would have us do, how to how to honor the Lord and how we live our lives. and so we kind of talk about everything that everything the whole world belongs to God and so we want to talk about everything from his perspective try to get his heart for things. Today, we want to talk about what really in my lifetime might be one of the largest cultural shifts that that we have seen, which is um, our the general view on LGBTQ type issues and where's the Lord at in that and all those kinds of things. So let me just pray to get us started. We want to honor God and then we'll we'll jump into it. Father, we love you, God. We want to obey you, Lord. We want to be faithful, Lord, to serve you and live for you in our times god would you help us lord to know how to do that god And would this conversation be edifying to your people lord would we think rightly about these things lord and glorify you in jesus name amen amen all right so interestingly when i i think when we were growing up you know um again i'm 45 you guys are almost 40 and um the one thing you did not want to be called was gay gay was like a thing you'd call your friends and and pejorative And when you think about how that has shifted and changed over the last 20, 25 years, it's been pretty dramatic. Uh, You think back to 2008 in California when uh, Prop 8 was passed. Prop 8 defined marriage between a man and a woman. So the majority of Californians voted to define marriage legally as between just one man and one woman. And then Obergefell came through a Supreme Court decision in 2015, changed that for the entire nation. And, um, and then, but then you think about where we are now today, where, um, like things are just the, the tide has dramatically shifted. If we had that vote today in California, I think it would be 80, 80%, 80%. probably. I mean, something, something really crazy The people's public opinions have totally changed. Uh, there's an interesting study by, by Pew that says that 39% of Gen Z identify as LGBTQ somewhere on that spectrum, which is historically it's been somewhere around 2%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about 40% of the incoming generation into adulthood is identifying as LGBTQ. And that resonates with my own personal experience as a youth pastor. I've worked with thousands and thousands of kids over the years. Um, in the my first 10 years of being a youth pastor, I probably uh dealt with you know almost zero trans issues and Mm. a handful of of kids who are struggling with their sexuality same-sex attraction move fast forward to the last 10 years um it probably probably 10 times as many kids dealing with Mm. with uh same-sex attraction and probably 20 times as many kids dealing with different kinds of gender issues and and that kind of stuff how young starting Uh, particularly middle school is is typical. I was junior high pastor. And so that was mostly kids I was working with, but early adolescence, which is, I think figures into this whole conversation, but you know, you think about where we're at as far as I I remember the first time I heard about a drag queen story hour at a library. And I thought that's some kind of weird activist kind of one-off, you know um, what a weird thing to do, but now they're holding drag story hours all across the country in, they're, they're totally common. Mm-hmm. And so people, the public opinion has shifted um, on, on homosexuality. Now, today, I've seen kids that are um, uh, one of the one of the appeals to identifying yourself as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender is that not you won't be made fun of. You'll get encouraged and accepted. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the it's like a fast track to popularity among young people. And so that's just, it's so foreign uh, to my experience growing up where it's like, oh man, you did not want to be called gay to now where if you're called gay, you know, you're going to be prom king or prom queen, you know? So that's or been- Or woman of the year when you're a dude. Right. I mean, th- <laughs> that that kind of stuff, yeah. like the, the cultural celebration, it's not just in among kids, it's among everybody. So how is, how should we as Christians be thinking about this? And I want to, I want to um, suggest, you know, we're, we're going to, again, I said this before when we talk about race, but if you're looking for a politically crest Correct podcast. You should really look somewhere else because uh, this is not going to be that. This is going to be where we talk plainly about the scriptures, plainly about God's perspective, and and when the Bible talks about homosexuality, it it talks about it as being a perversion. It talks about it as being something that is is vile, something that is is a, a perversion of nature, unnatural, and that is so foreign to normally the conversations people are having about homosexuality. And, um, and so, I, so I want to talk about it from God's perspective. If, if, if the culture says this is something to be celebrated, we have all of June where every corporation in America changes their, their um, logos to be pride logos and rainbow flags everywhere. We have pride parades. And it's something that the the culture is saying, this is beautiful. This is good. We should affirm it. We should celebrate it. And then the scriptures say, this is something that is detestable to the Lord and it's a sign of judgment on a culture where should we as christians land and so often christians want to be soft about it if you listen to to sermons on on homosexuality typically a sermon on homosexuality starts with the pastor for about 10 minutes saying listen uh, i have a lot of gay friends and i i put an airbag around I, I wish that the bible didn't say this it's not the same kind of if we're talking about adultery nobody says listen i have a lot of friends who are adulterers you right, know right, I, right. It's, <laughs> so there's like this this so let me ask you this question. Why do Christians, why do um, uh, the people of God oftentimes have such a soft disposition towards something that the Lord calls really wicked and really sinful? I think we're still, a lot of people are still
2: operating off the, we've talked about this before, the the 1990s Christian playbook, where it was, you know, there was the uh, the effeminate kid in school and make sure you're being kind to him. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Or was the 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 guy who was struggling, which I you know, struggling with same-sex attraction. Right. Show kindness, draw him to the Lord, right? That kind of idea, that is not what we're we're not talking about that anymore. That that kind of um just, you know, and even even people that were more outspoken it was, why do you care what we do in our bedroom, right? Yeah. Don't be, don't be weird. This is what we do in our bedroom. Leave us alone. Okay. Okay. We'll leave you alone. And then we'll show kindness to you when we see you. Right. That was kind of the, that was the nineties playbook, but it, that that's not and the it, same thing. And it's not the same. And time it was anymore. a
3: real big misstep, right? It, it, to, to equivocate in that way. Now it's not what adults do in their bedroom. Now we're in the space of like kids. And so it's, one yeah. of the things you, you opened up with was that <clears throat> whatever's happening and it it's, there's a lot on the table with what you put sure, out there, yeah. but with whatever's happening, that that statistic is saying it's in kids, and so we don't even get the the out, if you will, of like, oh, it's adults. We're in the United States. Let adults do what they want to do. That was a a breaking point that was buried in how whatever that 90s Christianity didn't really assess
1: what what damage we were letting in. Yeah, you that's. Know, I- I remember in in the lead up to it, one of the big arguments because the Prop Eight was it was a, a political campaign back and forth for um, this what this proposition right, and so the, the both there was a lot of argumentation on both sides, and one of the strongest arguments that the the no on eight so the pro gay marriage um, side had was why do you care what two consenting adults do in the privacy yeah. of their own home yeah that was the and that, that was, was a pitch. total lie I mean I, I want anybody to look back on that now and think from from here we are fifteen years out. Was that legitimate? Because now it's it's school curriculum. It is drag queen score story hours. It is parading your homosexuality all across everywhere. It's not just in the privacy of your own bedroom. It's in the public square, and it always was going to be. That's it's actually one of the things. One of the the false um, beliefs is that somehow you can compartmentalize your sexuality uh, to just your home, and it's nobody else's business. Mm-hmm. That's not true. You know, we look at the scriptures. One of the things you find is that God had laws regarding sexuality god had laws about if, if you committed adultery you were to be put to death that's a law about sexuality that we think is barbaric but he understood that 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 the the laws the 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 mores the norms governing governing sexuality and family are important and need to be upheld and need to be protected and yet we just think do whatever you want and then somehow we're, we're going to be protected from it insulated from it it's not true well i think um t- to expand on that topic is something that Douglas
0: Wilson said during the prop eight thing was once you take this step in society, um, defining marriage uh, as not between a man and a woman to be anything, you've uh, proverbially stepped out of the plane and entered into free fall. And everything after that is now going to be accepted. You, you you don't get to say, you can't, can't, you don't get to stop. You can't put it back in in the box. Yeah. You're in falling. You can't say stop. And what society forgets, what they don't realize, and I think someone sent out a tweet of someone saying this, is that there's connective tissue and t- tendons and muscle that binds our society together. And when you start to break apart these connective tissues, other things start to break. And this was all the LGBT movement. And then now we have, it started with the gay movement, LGBT. And then as it progresses, they keep adding letters and LGBT, letters. And, yeah, now trans. And trans. And now, trans, and now it's queer, be- which is whatever you want it to be and then and then it's opening the idea to pedophilia and uh what is it minor attracted persons instead of pedophilia and so these connective tissues in society begin to break down and you see it affect other areas of society like you're saying it affects policy with children's curriculum Um, it affects privacy with bathrooms and and the definition of man and woman but it started and there's there's something in there that is just
3: it's really hard to put a to like aim at specifically, right? Like, so drag queen story hour. What is even happening, right? right. I don't even I don't even know why. I, I mean, that... I can't even understand why a drag queen would want to go and do this. It. Why, like, why aren't they
0: going to a nursing
3: home? Yeah, like there's so yeah. much about this that is that is. <laughs> Because the people in the nursing home would drive <laughs> them out of there. That's well, why. Let, I, let's and I, I want to keep on your topic, but I don't. What what? Why would we do a porn star story hour? Like what? There's a
1: sexualization porn, all the way down you know, to I youth. There's something deep there. It's because the it's the youth. Before we get there, though, let me, because yeah. I do want to go there because yeah. I think that's actually a big part of it. Uh, G.K. Chesterton had a had a illustration about a fence. So he's, he called it's called Chesterton's Fence, and the idea is if if you find a fence somewhere. Before you tear it down, you should find out why that fence is there, right? Mm. And so we tend to want to just destroy things and break things, and we don't understand it, so we get rid of it. And we never understood the purpose of that fence anyways. One of the things, going back to the illustration of jumping out of the plane, is is why do we have the standards that we have for, for sexuality or for what's culturally acceptable sexuality, right? Why are those things there? I don't think the people who want to tore those down and a lot of people, a lot of Christians and a lot of conservatives, I don't think they ever really understood why that fence was there anyways. What is wrong with homosexuality? Why is homosexuality forbidden in the Bible? Is it because God, is is it because we're a bunch of, prudes and and we we have all these these um you know insecurities and pent-up frustrations about sexuality and all that kind of stuff why, why does that exist in the first place and it, it really goes from a christian perspective it really goes back to the very design of life you remember that, that god said that he he made it wasn't good for man to be alone so he made a woman for uh for him he made the help made for him and they were to come together and be fruitful and multiply right at the very beginning the very design of humanity we talked last time about the design for work, but also right there in the beginning is the design for procreation, the design for bringing life, that sex was was designed and created to, for a, a husband and a wife to come together. And, and there's some there's there's three things that are happening in sex. There's there's the potential for procreation. There's the spiritual union that's happening between a man and a woman. And then there's pleasure. And we've really taken out the spiritual union between a man and a woman and procreation and just said, pleasure is the main thing that drives sex. Whatever feels good, do it if, if you want to. Uh, embrace any kind of weird, kinky, sexual sexual thing you want, go for it. And yet we don't even understand. We have lost why the fence was there. We've lost why there's the guidepost there. And um, and so there's a lot of things that are are falling apart. And I think that idea of of once you take away the limit, once you take away the guideline, the standard, and you say, okay, we're going we're to remove that. Okay, well, now what standard is going to stop you? And now there is nothing. And so we're in free fall. Yeah, that's and, pretty tricky because- as a, as a,
3: an American, as a, you know, somebody from the United States, I really like the idea of being free. And so there, there, there's like a coalescence of things that in and freedom in the right, with the right boundaries is great, but it's within the right boundaries. And I think as we've m- m- advanced, whether it's from a technological standpoint or just advanced, some of those advancements have brought distorted ideas of freedom. Like, you do need boundaries around healthy sexuality so society can keep functioning at its most free. As you erode those fences that were holding things back, we're getting more and more confusion. I um my my parents were both teachers and um they just recently retired. But similar to your your, you know, experiences as a as a youth pastor, I would talk into them and these types of concepts will come up. And they just couldn't call kids by a name and it's like my parents are in their 60s at that point and they're they're in class and a, and a Wait, kid what do you mean they can't the, call the kid, them by their name the kid would want to be a different name for the day their gender was changing for the day and if if a teacher would you know these are teachers my they mom reprimanded yeah didn't... my mom would go from class to class telling the teacher what that kid's name was today so there wouldn't be any incidents what and it's like okay there's some kindness in that but that breaks you can't teach kids when that is how you have to interact with them yeah. so there's there's a uh, i mean it's just the 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 ripples like you drop this one thing to let people that are adults be more free and all of a sudden all of these ripples are coming out that you know we just didn't un- we didn't understand and it's it's scary what's coming up from it
1: yeah and i i think that idea of individualism, that what you believe about yourself is the most important thing about you. all Those kinds of things are the ideals that we have embraced. And I think they're the ones that are now, we're seeing what the fruit of those things are. They get used against us kind of, yeah. Well, not just, we're, we're seeing the fruit of them. You you tell a kid, look, you can be anything you want to be. Um, This is lies that we were told when we were growing up. Man, you can, you, you are special. Uh, you're the most important thing. And all these kinds of things that just reinforce my own identity and my belief about myself is the most important thing is is actually foolishness it actually is broken it actually is the the world is not about you you is not centered on you and so when we tell people that and then they start to live it out we're actually reaping the fruit now of what that looks like and so you said like like as americans like we kind of want to have this idea of, of freedom or libertarianism right that that We don't want laws, but the Bible actually is full of laws. The Bible is full of standards and the standards, they are minimal, um, but they are the standards that make for freedom, right? Because it's like a, it's like a a river, right? You take away either bank of the river and you have a flood, right? So, so there's certain standards. It's within limitations that actually create freedom and breed freedom. And, and you take all those away, you take the restraints away and you just say, do whatever you want, do all this in your heart, trust yourself, believe in yourself. Dude, you have a you have a catastrophic flood at that point because you've removed God's design, His standards for life, and it, and and sexuality is fundamental to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and this this whole thing, I, I I read Romans one all the time, and it it is every day a better picture of what we're right. We're we're just moving closer and cl- farther and farther into Romans one, where you know, and, and the source of that is it's talking about men didn't glorify God. They didn't honor him. They, did, they didn't give thanks to him. They exchanged his
0: image for image. Why don't
1: image you read of, it real quick? I think, yeah, yeah. You,
0: you gotta, I think it starts in verse 17 yeah. or 15, something like that. I might want to, we might want a future podcast, talk about libertarianism and conservatism and l- how laws shape. as I might push back on yeah, some of, of this. Let's fight. Yeah. So
2: yeah, Romans 1, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them.
1: Okay, so hold on real quick. So it's saying that God's wrath is revealed against mankind because what could be known about God was known by them, and yet they
2: rejected it. Yeah. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful
1: but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay. So let me just say part of the idea is sometimes we make the mistake of just saying, well, people are just ignorant. They just don't know what Romans one says is they do know it's talking mm-hmm. about Gentiles, pagans, people mm-hmm. who, who don't have the Bible. This was not God's people. Uh, uh, this was, they were outside of that, but it said that they could have known God's eternal attributes and his Godhead from what may be known about God from creation. So a lot of times people say, well, I didn't know. And how's God going to hold people accountable for not knowing? No, you did know people did kn- people do know they do know the truth about God and yet they reject it and they they make gods in their own image and they become futile in their own speculation. Well, the next verse, I mean, he's going to read it, but that's what's going on now. So uh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that too, they they do know in John, you know, it, talk, it talks about uh, the light. Ha- what is condemnation? It's that the light has come into the world and men chose darkness rather yeah. than light. Yeah, that that is the right. The light has come into the world. You people know. People know and they reject it. They
1: want to hide their dark deeds, hide in the darkness. And want to say they want to say, I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. And they're going to stand, the, the Bible says that they're going to stand before the Lord someday and all things are made evident and they're going to be without excuse.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, let's see. Uh,
2: they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into images made like corruptible man. Um, and birds and four footed animals and creeping things.
1: Therefore God gave them up to the uncleanness and the lust of their hearts. So let me just say they they were idolatrous and rejected God and, and because of that sin it says therefore God gave them over keep reading. Yeah, therefore God gave them up to uncleanness
2: and the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Then it moves into, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Lesbianism. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Gay. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due.
1: Right. Okay. So, so the, the picture here is this is God's, remember it starts off that this is God's wrath that is being poured out. And, and, it, and God's wrath, sometimes we think about God destroying and slaying God's wrath in this situation is actually him taking his hands off, saying, OK, I will let you go where you want to go. I will give you over to your vile passions, to women forsaking what is natural, uh, men forsaking the, the natural uh, purpose for a woman and, and pursuing men and homosexuality. So this is the picture of God's wrath is God saying, OK, have your way. Not my, if you don't want my way, have your way and see that where that ends up. And it ends up in this destructive thing. Then it goes on to the end of Romans. It just talks about all this whole list of sins that comes after that talks about murder and, 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 uh, licentiousness. And it just goes through, uh, you know, all these kinds of different sins that come after that. But it's interesting how sexual sin and the natural purpose for men and women, uh, of marriage is, is twisted and perverted uh, by people's own desires, and it causes all this other sin because sexual sin is, is you know, a lot of times people say, "Man, why do you Christians care so much about sex? Why are you guys so obsessed about other what other people are doing? Why are you guys always trying to police other people?" And this kind of this idea of like you're homophobic, like somehow you're scared, like, like yeah, a gay yeah. person, you know, <laughs> like you're you're scared of homosexuality or or whatever that kind of pejorative you know label they they want to try to imply. But the reality is, is that sex is fundamental to not just human flourishing but societal flourishing. And when God takes his hands off and says, "Okay, you can, this is my judgment is you can have your own way." things get really bad well, I think and, and I think, yeah, we're li- we're in that spot. one the of the things that do,
3: happens penalties do is as a Christian, you look at how the United States is designed, and you say i want I want that person to be free to make money. I want that person to be free to." Buy whatever house they
0: There's want. Pursue it. I, I, I want that person
3: to be. And so you don't understand as a Christian how to articulate or stand up for. I don't want this, and and that that is complicated. And I I don't know that it's easy to teach. But as Christians, we have to. We can't equivocate on what this says. And that's that's at least the starting point for Christians to know how to interact with the world. We can't say, well, that doesn't mean what it means.
1: Well, pre. A burger fell during Prop 8 again. One of the stories you would hear all the time. There's just really heartbreaking stories of people in the military, or you know, people who are end of life care, and their partner, their homosexual partner, um, that they had been you know together with for thirty or forty years, wasn't illegally allowed to come in and make decisions for their end of life, or wasn't allowed to receive their remains from uh, being you know d- dead in the military or killed in action, or and all these kinds of of things that were just these kind of like. Tearjerker, heartbreaking. Anybody who's empathetic, anybody who cares, feels like, oh man, that's that's rough, you know. Like, yeah, that- but it's it's attaching it's attaching uh, uh, homosexuality
2: and gayness to that situation. Where the heartbreaking thing is that that could have been a close relationship, a, a godly relationship you had with another man or another woman in a rightful way that would have been there at the end with you, right? Like as someone who, yeah, as a as a godly brother or sister, right? But it. It then got corrupted and now we've
1: made it. Well, it's also attaching homosexuality to this other situation that's like, oh, that's a real uh, emotional situation. And and, and one where I think I would want a different outcome. I think you should be able to pick whoever you want to be able to be end of life care, all these kinds of things. But it was like a... It was like a a vehicle. It was a Trojan horse in order to get and in. The whole thing has been that these largely, yeah, the whole thing has been that it's these largely perverse and debauched and and really gross things. They want to uh, so often they want to pick and choose the examples that are so pristine and perfect and and uh, you know cultivated to to just be a great example. And yet you look at you look. I mean, if you look at the actual evidence of homosexuality, you, like the amount, of the number of of homosexual partners for homosexual men. Lifetime partners is like 20 X of heterosexual people. It's like, like if you take away the natural design for men and women uh, and for, for men to pursue men who are both, uh, you know, designed and made to be the pursuers uh, for sexuality, you get just a ton of illicit sex. You, uh, a gay men are not allowed to give blood. They're not allowed. They're not, they're legally not allowed to give blood. That's still the case. That's still the case today. People don't know that. People so, never seen that. Logic, some logic. That's the government. Left. Yeah, that's the government. The CDC making those decisions. But gay men are not allowed to give blood. You you look at at the AIDS epidemic. It is not an epidemic of, among heterosexual people. It's an epidemic in the gay community. And and look, the lifespan of homosexual homosexuals is over a decade less than it is for heterosexuals. This is just. This is not information people are giving out. This is not a healthy well, lifestyle. Does not make for Tobias happiness. Tobias, right before this, we're talking
3: about what is actual kindness to somebody what is actually blessing them right. and in the face of i mean i don't i didn't know half of those things you just said but in the face of that to say let that person do what makes them happy you're you're now as a christian if that's the path you take you're really you're really cheapening what is true kindness or or a blessing to somebody i i you know i mean you're not going to be able to just forcefully talk a person into believing something else but to not give somebody the truth and 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 to hold that back in the sense that their deeper happiness comes from untruth that just is that and that's to christians like i i know it's complicated i know it's hard they they make great stories right yeah. there's there's a whole bunch of great stories about these situations that really complicate it in your mind how to work how to approach it Part but of holding
1: part back the truth isn't, isn't part bad. of what has messed this thing up or where we've gotten so far off is we've made your sexual appetites, who you are. Yeah. Your deep your deepest identity. identity. And and so if you're going to be true to yourself, if we're going to say that that's our cultural value as as human beings is to be true to yourself is that your sexual identity somehow is the truest part of who you are. And let's just be straightforward. If, if we were going to around this table, go out and put our sexual desires and interests and and things on the table do we would all be ashamed right there's all of us all people have some some twisted messed up sexual desires to make that who you are is a terrible mistake that is not who i am my identity is not a heterosexual uh, guy um, and your identity is not a homosexual person it's not your same-sex attraction it's not your sin In fact, the Christian answer is very opposite of that. You're a child of God and you, you're going to have to live this life out in this flesh, but you need to live it by faith in the son who died and gave himself for you. And so you can crucify all of us every day, crucify parts of our flesh that, that are sinful, that need to be crucified. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian walk. And it's a joy to do it. It's a delight to do it. It's not burdensome. It's a joy to give up your weakness and take on his strength and his love.
0: Well, so um, a couple things. Everything that you're talking about, that the so you say that um, your sexual desires are your identity. It's inverted. Everything is inverted. It's the opposite. There's a T-shirt or a phrase that I saw, and this is just gives a depiction of how um, society and the world view sex. It said, "Sex without love is just exercise," and so they've treated sex as trivial. Right. And so um, that's inverted as well. Where where the Christian sees sex as a very powerful thing and it has very real consequences. It has the power to bring life. It has the power to establish loves and love and bonds with a person. And so the society has forgotten how powerful sex is and they've inverted it to say that it's trivial. And then when all of these consequences from sex, abortion, uh, disease, uh, you know, the breakdown of society and fatherlessness. And fatherlessness. Incarceration. Exactly. Outcomes. So all these things are inverted. And so to your point, Spencer, about how do you explain this to the average person is we have to convey as Christians, how powerful and meaningful it's like you're holding a grenade. Like sex is a very powerful thing and it's not to be uh, treated trivially. And there's very real consequences behind it. And somehow we have to communicate that to to the I think you communicate it in the same way you communicate it to... I mean,
3: there's not one way to communicate it. But in the same way you communicate it to a young man who wants to be promiscuous. Right. Like, that portion of your life is going to be great and good. And it's going to carry immense pleasure. It's not going to be definitional to you. But keep it in the right boundaries. And it's going to be... A a powerful, meaningful portion of your life. Go sleep with as many women as you, as you can. And you're, you're, you're going to be eroded on the inside. You're going to be, you're going to be, and, and I mean, so I think it, it's very similar, like to a homosexual person, like your appetite, when it leads you, it's going to erode you. You're going to be, you're going to be shrunken as a, as a result of following that appetite, as opposed to having it aimed at the right thing and incorporated into a full life. That is
2: family, friendship, deep connection in these it's other ways. Some of what you're saying is, uh, you know what we're talking about. How do you explain it? You explain the what's good, what's bad. You know, the ex- you're talking about a listening person, right? You're talking about a listening ear. You're talking about someone who is, who is open to, to reason, re- reason, right. right? We're, we're, we're past that for most people. Mo- you know, if you, if you even get into a conversation like that, that's amazing, right? That you could actually start reasoning with someone about the benefits of following God's word in this specific area among others. Now, like you said, the, and I hate even that we're inside this context of the homosexual person. The, yeah, that's the whole, not- I mean, that, you know what I mean? That, that, that whole identity as a homosexual, it's, it, it is Romans one. It is exchanging what was supposed to be, we were made to glorify God, to reflect his glory with each other, right? We we were supposed to be the body, right? And, and, and that idea is now, no, no, no. It's about me. I'm a homosexual person. I'm worship. It's a worshiping of a self. Um, and now, obviously, we're, we're past the point. You know, that was, again, 90s Christianity. And you hear people say, we just got to be kind. It's just kindness. Enough. <laughs> it, 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 it's enough. No, I'm not talking about not being kind, but... When I go to breakfast on a Saturday morning with my wife and kids and we're eating breakfast and two gay men sit right, you know, they're waiting for a table and they sit right next to my kids, right? And, they, and they're and they rubbing each other's legs and sitting on each other's laps and and I'm trying to have breakfast with my family, my kids. It, we're trying to keep it clean with language-wise on this podcast, but that, it's enough. Right. It's enough. It, it, it is well past time. The penalty is due and enough is enough where... We're. Tr- I still want to reason, and I still want to be kind, but also we can no longer stand for this sin among us that is also trying to, like you said, a focus on children. And it's something that I've been thinking about lately a lot. And I've seen it the the drag queen story hour. It is indoctrination of children by the enemy by these people to move the needle. But what it also is in a really sick way that I've seen is it's trying to take the innocence of kids and apply it to themselves. It it, it because they feel they know they are carrying the weight of the sin, their sin in their life, and they are they know they are not innocent, they know they are not clean. And this attachment to kids, the innocence of kids, where you want this innocent kid to accept you, and in some way, you want to expose them to all this dark sin, and you want them to carry that weight. You want to put your sin on them and somehow take their innocence for yourself. And sure. it's, it's, it, it, and that is something throughout history about sacrifice and, you know, uh, human sacrifice and chill, like that whole idea. It's, it is wickedness, man. No, I,
0: I agree. I do think that just as people like Mike's point about the walls, I don't think Christians remember or can articulate why we have walls and, and why it's the societal boundaries are good that God has set up. And so I think we need to do a better job trying to articulate why these things and yeah i do believe that we're past that point but i still think that we as a christian
1: uh group has have forgotten how to articulate that and well, so we got to figure that out let's say something interesting real quick though. about that let me let me just say this real quick because i think uh, you said there's not very many people who who are open to that here's here's one of the the best things about being a christian that i love about being a christian is that we are working with god like we're working in god's system according to his design so as much as as much as um, you know, people the the sinner would like to rage against God and try to change the way the world is. The world is the world that God made. It's fallen. It's marred. It has problems. But as a Christian, when you work with God's design, you've got the wind at your sails, man. You are move. You are working with reality. And one of the cool things is in this situation where with with parents. So you said you said several things, but one of the things you said was that there's just not that many people who want to have a rational conversation about it. That's. There's true there's there. I don't know how many people there are, but there's a real loud amount of people who want to just use force. But increasingly, I've seen people are waking up because there are natural instincts among regular people who who would say trans is great. Uh, Homosexual. I don't have anything against any of those things. I want people to be able to do whatever's in their heart. But then their their kid comes home who they know. Is a boy. They know it's not trans, but they can see the yeah. the culture working on them. They can see all the suggestion, the teacher who's trying to corrupt them. They see all this kind of stuff, the systems that are against them, and they're like, "Wait a second, yeah. this isn't right." And so, like, I went to the our local library a few months ago, and uh, this is before it must have been in May because I was I was just going through the books. I I texted Spencer about it, um, uh, and there was in the children's department. There was all in the children's part of the the library. There's all these pro LGBTQ books. Okay. All these, um, there was, there was one that was totally, I mean, they're all terrible, but one was like, like had people in like leather and, and, and bondage wear and was talking about how this is, this is a normal thing. I'm thinking, dude, you, you sick people. And you're trying to go after these kids because you're trying to normalize it. There was that, there was that San Francisco gay men's choir last year, two years ago that came out with that song that was like, we're after your kids we're coming for your kids, right? They are not even hiding it. They're being intentional about it. And of course they want our kids, but here's, what's, here's, what's great about being a Christian, man. The more they lean into that and go after that, the more people's natural awareness is going to be, no, no way this isn't right. And, and, and it it's causing people to like question more things and wonder about more things and seek out answers. And so, so, I just want to say, one of the things I want to say on this podcast was I, I uh, if, especially if you're listening, you're offended, you know, and, and one of the things as people say is like you're on the wrong side of history or whatever. I want you to bookmark this podcast. And in 50 years, I want you to come back to it. And if I don't know if YouTube's still around or whatever's still around, but I want you to see who won this conversation and who was on the right side of history because I guarantee you. Uh, we are in the minority right now, but we will not stay in the minority. I guarantee you that God's kingdom is going to grow in advance. And I don't know if it's 50 years. I don't know if it's 100 years. I don't know if it's 10 years, but there's going to be a revolution of people where they're going to realize we, people are going to look back on our times and think those people were nut jobs. If you go 50 years in the past, you talk to anybody, the reason they don't go to old folks homes, Phil. Is because those people would tan their hides. Those people would think, <laughs> get out of here, you sicko. You're a pervert. Well, and, well, and what's amazing is that is that- That like, wasn't my point. Yeah, but that's my point. Yeah. My yeah. point I, is- My point is that they're focused on children. My point it's is- To devise. I understand, point, yeah. but my point is, the way that people have always viewed this in and, and any kind of healthier society is the way we will view it again. Well, I, you know, I want to
3: well, say one thing real quick, and I think Phil brought it up or was getting towards it, and- so part of the answer for me is is I don't need to have all of these uh, expert scientific analyses to understand things, right? So there's a documentary that's going around, what is a woman? A woman is a woman. I don't actually need to go any further than that. What is marriage? Marriage is marriage. That's what it is. I don't need to help you understand it. I don't need to def- define this or defend it on this like, well, let's slice and dice this yeah, 10 yeah, million yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's not right. Period. And I I do think there's some it takes a little bit of courage to be like, I'm not going into well, but the love story, the you're yeah, not you're yeah. barred from the hospital. Hey, look. Empathy, compassion, but that the 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 central point there, homosexuality
2: isn't right. Yeah. You, you are welcome. You are welcome to, to join the kingdom of God. Welcome in. The walls are here for your safety, right? We, you, there's salvation here. We are welcome. But when you come here, we have a king and we have laws. Exactly. And you are welcome to be to join, but and, you, and, don't the, you don't bring you don't bring everything, all this that. Is in interesting. This you, is you interesting.
1: Come too, you come on his terms, not he, yours. Yeah.
2: He's a king.
3: It's not a democracy. Right. There are no votes about this. And so... I get peace from that as a Christian, amen. And and it's it's like I don't need to go past what the Word of God says. And and part of what I I sense is that Christians are pulled towards this. I need a better understanding. I need to un, I need to go in and really get to no no you yeah, go yeah. you go to the point where it it's written down and then leave it in His hands. Right now that allows me to actually love people. I don't actually carry this like burden to go into a deeper definition he set it up
1: yeah on this issue i think people a lot of times want to default towards non-christian reasons like like they want to look for secular reasons that will appeal to people on this is tradition and this is whatever and and as christians i've thought i've been convicted we just need the biblical answer and that's that's where we go we start from there and and part of the answer is is the gospel, like like not not part of the, answer. the only hope is the gospel, right? We're not going to get out of this through political uh, schemes or or, or yeah, passing yeah. laws. I don't, I couldn't give two hoots about a burger file. I mean, I do because I think that it's a it's a sign and a it's marker, a marker. Yeah. that we're going the wrong direction. But we're not going to get another Supreme Court decision passed when when Roe. Uh, got overturned. There's more abortions happening in America right now than were happening previous to Roe. And so we're not looking for political solutions. This has to be a God solution. But here's what's what's beautiful too, is that's, you know, you laying out that part of the gospel, Tobias, that we come on his terms, not our terms, is actually such good news. Man, when are we going to come to the end of ourselves? When are we going to come to the realization that I don't have the answers? I don't have what it takes. Let me submit myself to the Lord die to my old life and be resurrected again to new life. That's the gospel. And it's the gospel for, for us, heterosexual dudes sitting around the table. It's the gospel for homosexuals. It's the gospel for everyone is that sinners can be saved. Your wretched defiled sin can be, you can be rescued from it. You can be set free. How many homosexuals, how many trans people, how many sexual deviants feel stuck right now? They feel shame. They feel under a mountain of shame and brokenness and hopelessness, many of them victims of sexual abuse, many of them victims of, their, of other people's sin against them, many of them victims. And the answer for them is the gospel. Come and be saved. But it's yeah. not, it's not, let me affirm you. It's actually the opposite. Let me tell you, your sin is wicked. It will destroy you and it will send you to hell. And the only hope for you is that you cast yourself on Jesus and be saved by him. That's the only hope for any of us. It's the answer for homosexuals, and it's what we need to be telling the and. And so many in the church want to be nice. They want to say, "Listen, uh, I I love you, and I I celebrate you, and I embrace you, and all this kind of stuff." They want to get to that
3: before they say your King and Creator is calling you to repent. Yeah, every
1: time you interact,
3: it's inverted again. They want to get to the kindness and the you're accepted as a person. Hey, hey, hey! All of that is a fine truth later. Your King and Creator is calling to you to repent. And the most full life, the most beautiful, powerful, deep life you could ever have is pursuing him, turning away from whatever sin it is and pursuing him. And your life changes in in ways nobody can even fully describe. So I, I think the kindness comes and we should be kind. We shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, because it, it, this, this word, it's almost like they hijacked words. The kindness, the yeah, joy, it's... the happiness. I don't wanna use them almost like I don't wanna I I resist calling people homosexual because it's playing the game.
1: I use same sex attractive.
3: Yeah, it's active because it's an action. It's an action, yeah. right? And so um there's there's something that we we have inverted it, Phil, and we're trying to do the things that come from the choice over here. You repent first, you acknowledge God's way, and then you get into the kindness those things. But if you start there and try to work them back to it, it it's.
2: Yeah. You know, and I think this whole thing that we're talking about, I want people, I do want people to understand that we are holding two things. We are holding the, the peace and the kindness and the, and the goodness and the salvation that we want for people. And we're also holding righteousness and truth. You know, the, the Bible talks about righteousness and peace have come together, right? Like that idea, both of them, the idea, like right now, if anybody is listening or hears this, And you, you are at a point where you feel like you've gone too far. You're, you're weighed down by your sin and your shame. You think there's no going back. So I might as well press forward. It's never too late. It's never too late. And and as a man who feels shameful acts, right? You can be cleansed of all of that. And I pray you are come and be healed. Come and be washed free of your sin and live a new life. Die to yourself. Everything you've done up to this point, Die to yourself and live a new life in Christ and transcend, right? Yes. All of that is what I feel. Also, we need to talk about when you come to me or you're trying to teach my kids something or you're trying to, to beat me over the head with something or we're talking about this movement of boasting and sin and sin is your identity. No, yeah. you're, you're going to you're gonna meet
1: uh, something here and you're also going to meet something, you know, it's. Well, it's like that—the eleventh commandment of be nice, right? Like you just not find in the scripture. So I, I don't want to take out kindness and joy. I want to, I want to embrace it. Those are biblical terms. The idea that Christians need to be nice or polite or whatever is, is, is a like it's a cudgel. It's a tool used against it us becaps, to try to, it, yeah, yeah, try it, to it, keep everybody right there. What is, it? Is, it, is it? Is it peace? Peace? Like, right?
2: Peace? Peace? Where there is no peace, right? Right? Everybody just relax. Stay calm. Be kind. Be peaceful. And and the Bible says, as far as we can, be peaceable with all men. Right. right. As far as we can. But if you're crying peace, peace, in this time, with this these things right. happening, and, you know, and it's not peace time. I do feel it's also. I think we're doing a good job of of really,
3: at least from our perspectives, discussing how it got to here. And one thing I I think is important, in, uh kind of to Tobias's point, like there is we want everybody who. Is going to repent of any sin to come and be embraced and and be pulled into the 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 you know the church family and and feel like brothers and on this point, your a sin of homosexuality is no different than the sin of anger like or or stealing. That's an interesting point. Or, or all of those are sins that have to be forgiven. And we want if you are any of those, there's a path. It is different, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a path back in. Yeah, you're not going to be like in this section of no. this type of sinner over here in the church. No, we're You're free. all, you
1: are all, let's, exactly. talk, let's talk about real quick how that sin works in the sense that all sins are are the same in the sense that all sins are will cause you to be found guilty and, and sent to hell, right? So all sins are the same in that way, but certain sins carry different penalties in the Bible. So there's other ways that are distinct between sins. And I think it's important to point out homosexuality is a, a pretty... Perverse sin—it's one that in the Old Testament or God's law would have carried the capital capital punishment. You would have been put to death for it, along with some other really serious adultery. So it's a sin that God takes very, very, very serious. And I don't think we need to be lightening people's loads on that. I think we need to be letting people know, hey, this sin is wicked. It's not who you are, and it needs to be repented of. But let me just say, I think we struggle with a couple things. I think one of the reasons Christians struggle to talk about this um, is obviously you had said earlier it takes courage. Uh, there's a there's a lot of pressure to go with the flow on this. There's a lot of pressure to just say yes, you know, uh, affirm there's there's people getting pressure in their jobs, people are getting pressure from society and their families of just what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And so there's a lot of people who just feel that pressure. So one of the things is as Christians, we need to have courage. Another thing is is we need to make some distinctions. Um, a lot of times when we're when Christians think about the issue of homosexuality, they think of a person. They think of like my aunt or my, my child or my friend. I, mean, you,
3: I like where you're going. We watched this on HBO, that show that was about zombies, and then there was that episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. The story about that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that's what people think of. Right. They yeah. think of this romance. They think I don't of know. This,
1: you didn't watch it. What's, well, I, I so don't, don't remember. Really it, it, yeah. zombies, zombies, ga- zombies? zombies What's called? that? The this gays. is right, a, The I, End or something? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah. Excellent point. Uh, <laughs> thank you for. Zombie <laughs> um, zombies, yeah. No, but here's, here's the, you have the poster in your up in your room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, here, the, the point is that, that people think about this nice person that I love or this person that has been really kind to me or this person I work with, who's really great, who's, who's been a good friend. Um, and, and that's okay. I want to talk about how to deal with that person in a minute. Cause I think that's actually the way this ends up playing out in a lot of ways that I think is important, but what you have to recognize is there's also something much larger that's happening. There's all the people who are watching and listening. There's all the yeah. people, there's the, there's the audience who's seeing, how do we talk about this? What should I say? What should I not say? How should I think about this? What's right? What's wrong? And you're having the the reason, one of the reasons you see this astronomically sharp increase among gen z people who want to identify as lgbtq among those the majority identifies bisexual and of that majority of those bisexuals the people who are living with a partner something like 92 percent of them are living with someone with the opposite sex okay
3: so they are i did not say that again i don't understand what that means 39%... Thirty nine percent. They're saying this, but they're living with a partner of the opposite sex. Yes. So they're, they're saying really, I'm so bisexual. They, so they're
0: just identifying with the group when they're not actually their actions don't identify with the right. Group. That's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Wow. And my point is though. Here's the point though. It's a social contagion. Is there's yeah. If you look at there's a there's a They're not a, even committed. They're just fake. no. It's a social contagion. <laughs> there's a book that came Thank out God called I Irreversible. To be there's a book that came out called Irreversible, and it's talking about the trans movement among kids. And there's this also super sharp increase among particularly adolescent girls coming out as identifying as males and what they what the what the studies have shown is they're doing it in groups they're doing it in groups of friends within six month period like three out of seven friends yeah. will all come out as trans together because there's social like they're picking up on what the the signals they're sending is and that's a really so so the idea of it being a social t- contagion is it's not it's not what traditionally has been understood as gender dysphoria. It's not what has traditionally been understood as same-sex attraction. Honestly, it is that's a kind power of hard suggestion. To, like even interpret in this, though. Because well, that's something no. almost different. No, no, it, it no, is. No, it, no, my point is we're having this large conversation about homosexuality where we're saying this is something good. It's something beautiful. It's oh, something and it's celebrated. And people are saying, oh, huh, I want that. I feel bad about myself. Yeah, Things aren't going great. I don't like the way I look. Okay. Maybe I... Maybe I'm this or it's all that suggestion. There's also grooming that's going on. And so there are like one of the things they found is that there's a lot of, particularly on Instagram, there's a lot of trans influencers who are going after kids saying, listen, if you start taking testosterone, you'll be so much, your, your depression will go away. You'll be start being so much happier. Once I started, once I got on these hormones that will change your life forever. Once I got on these puberty blockers, it transformed everything. And people say, it's no risk. You can do it. And it's a lie. There are. There are dastardly, terrible, um, we're, we're going to be dealing with people coming out of this movement for years, detransitioning, realizing, dude, I was just a, I was a 15 year old kid yeah. who felt bad about myself. Yeah. And now I've wrecked my body. I've had a mastectomy. I've, I've changed my body hormonally. I can never have kids. I can never do all this kind of stuff. And it's, yeah. it's a terror. So, so my, my point though, in this is, man, when you're talking, you're not talking about aunt Edna. Just Aunt Edna, we're talking about, we're talking about this, we're talking about the whole cultural movement that is having terrible uh, effects that we're going to be dealing with that is, is ruining kids' lives in many, many ways. Really quick, it's, I talked to
0: a psychologist and he made the uh, connection that what in the 80s and 90s, When kids were, when young girls were depressed, they went to anorexia, bulimia, and there it was a social contagion because their friends would do it, and they'd purge their food after they ate, and you had all these uh, psychological issues that were manifesting itself physically through anorexia and bulimia. He, they were making the correlation that instead of uh, anorexia and bulimia being the social contagion, now it's the mastectomies and, and transgenderism and Didn't my have, friends like, are cutting it. and like, wasn't yeah, that a cutting thing a there was one. like
3: a whole time. When and every... so there's
0: these underlying psychological issues that have been in society for a long time. We can talk about the, the reasons for that, but it's manifesting itself differently. Yeah. And I did not know that what you said, like 80% of people, who are saying they you know, like are like ninety two percent, ninety two percent people who are saying identifies bisexual, bisexual, but they're still live, live in a heterosexual <laughs> yeah. relationship. Yeah, so it's a social contagion, and uh, there's Bill, a bunch of evidence for it, yeah. Well, yeah, Bill Maher said we're the g- gayest generation, or Charlie Kirk said we're the gayest <laughs> generation, and he showed how we're doubling. Each generation is doubling. And by the time, in 2050,
1: we're all going to be gay. By the way, Bill Maher and Charlie Kirk are two t- very different people. <laughs> but
0: they're, they're together <laughs> but on this. But it's right it's right the same. They're
1: together yeah, on this Increasingly, like, Bill Maher is becoming Charlie Kirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah go question? ahead, device.
2: Oh, um, I think we were, we were just talking about the difference, right, of to know who you're talking to. I think we talked about this before. A refugee versus uh, an evangelist. An evangelist, yeah. right? Like, the, that idea is you see someone who is struggling, someone who is, you know, <laughs> you pull up and your barista has a lisp, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be rude to the guy. Right. Yeah. Right? Oh, don't, right. Don't don't pull him through the window and be like, "Gay? No. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Right. But, and you you see someone, uh, and I'll go back to the story. Of my uh, uh, an effeminate kid in my son's school. Right. He, we've talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, you need to you need to draw him in with kindness. You need to be kind, loving. Right. Now, if it now if it gets to the point where you're a medical professional talking to my kid about cutting his penis off. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. That is a whole different thing. It is not a. It is not a kind conversation. It's. It's not. It's not going to be that. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Right. And that's. And that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about a medical establishment that is, tr- that you go in and they readily will offer hormone blockers to kids.
1: That's. It's a huge money. the It's a huge money. They're looking yeah. for lifetime drug takers yes so they can get yeah. on a hormone therapy there's there's so many perverse incentives and it's not just medical professionals it's, no, it's the it, social workers and it's parents too and it's it's removing that, it's removing parental rights that is we're passing all these laws yeah, in california right to now to, to minimize and remove parental rights that if your kid goes again take that 15 year old kid they go to the hospital because they try to harm themselves and they're going to get a social or younger worker. yeah and the social worker is going to come in there and say what's going on and, and there's a <laughs> another piece of evidence is so often among autistic kids. So it's like this real predatory kind of thing. And they'll say, they'll say, you know, are you, and they'll they have all these leading questions of like, maybe you're dealing with gender dysphoria. Maybe, have you ever thought about, have you ever felt different? Have you ever felt like maybe you're a girl or, and they're, they're leading them down this path. And one of the things they're going to say is, well, what do your parents think about this? And the kids, man, my parents would never accept this or something. Right. And they're looking at trying to sever parental rights so they can take your kid away. So you want to talk
2: about. Even I mean, worse, yeah, yeah. Even worse, I, I, you know, the parents who are pushing it. I watched a video, uh, a, a little girl getting a hormone implant put in her arm in the hospital. Mom and dad, and I use those terms, mom and dad. You're not being, you're not being sure, a mom right. and dad. You, they're standing there. She's crying. They think it's, and they're telling her it's okay. Let's keep going. This will help you, right? And they think she's crying because it hurts, or she's crying. You, you know, why she might be crying. Is because nobody is protecting her, and right. this is happening to yeah. her with her parents standing there, right. not doing their on job. Your, on your point and, of innocence, like, the Bible talks about yeah. those people. It says, if you're gonna you're gonna cause one of these little ones to sin, you're gonna cause some offense here. It's better that a millstone be
1: hung around your neck and you cast into the sea. And that, that it's not yeah. just the Bible says that; it's that Jesus said it. Yeah. I just want when people say like that's you don't sound very Christ like. I just want to say, look, here's yeah, what Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. said happens to people like you. It would be better for you that a a heavy rock was tied around your neck and you were cast into the sea than what is going to happen when you fall into the hands of a god and, and you die in your yeah. sin. That's Jesus. To, that's that's the word of the Lord yeah. for you. And and I think that you know I remember here's one of the again perverse incentives. I remember several years ago one of the one of the markers in just in my life of recognizing dude things are changing quick was there was a family actually in San Diego, but it was a big nationwide story that they did of a kid. The kid's name was Ryland. It was a girl who was transitioning. No, it was a boy who they were transitioning into a girl and, um, had the parents on there. They're talking about how their five-year-old kid, he'd always, you know, wanted to wear dresses and always been wanted to act like, you know, be feminine. And so they just decided we're going to transition him. And, and, um, and this was, this was seven or eight years ago. It was, it was, it was kind of like before trans stuff was widely accepted. And, um, and they they sent out letters to all their neighbors saying, "Our you know our our son Rylan, who you've known as this, we're going to change your name, and want you to treat him like a girl." And I remember this was back when YouTube's comment section was like the wild, wild west. Like you just hear all kinds of terrible, horrible things. I remember just thinking, oh man, these guys, these poor guys are going to get lit up. And I remember looking at the comment section and it was so many people were saying, you're so brave. You're so amazing. What great parents, what incredible people you are. And it was like the affirmation they got yeah, yeah. for that was so strong. And I thought this kid has no clue, it has no chance because every power, every influence, everything that they should be able to trust in their life is pointing this direction. So when we talk about homosexuality, we're talking not about, again, not about just Aunt Edna and how she's going to feel. We're talking about a much bigger cultural perspective on this thing. And we are in a time when, you know, you saw how everything stopped for COVID because COVID was so bad. Man, we should be somebody should be yanking on the brakes in our culture and everybody is adding shoveling coal into the engine to go faster and faster towards the cliff. And, and the people who are going to suffer the the most are the kids is the kids and, and innocent people. What I was going to say was it, it, if anyone's listening,
0: saying they don't, if anyone's listening and they don't understand the effects that this is having on children, go to, uh, you need to follow a page called transition justice. And it, Interviews children, you know, after their transition and the physical torture they go through um, with their bodies continually for having these mastectomies yeah. and and uh, genital mutilation surgery where they're having to dilate wounds the rest of their lives. And I- I'm sorry to get graphic, no, but no, it, you need to see yeah, you, the physical uh pain and suffering and mutilation of their bodies that they go through, and these kids. In their uh, late teens, early twenties, are in tears talking about how they've mutilated their bodies, and so, you know, uh, Uncle Tom or Aunt Edna, who's just saying, "Oh, I just want them to be happy." No, no, like you need before you form an opinion on this, you need to see the results of what is happening to these children. And it will, yes, and it will make your so I, blood. And blow. I
2: say the sanitizing of it. The yes, the, you know, uh, hey, there's a there's a trans kid in my daughter's soccer. Team, right, an all girls soccer team, they're boys, right? Oh, okay, everyone come out, cheer for the kids, they wear the uniforms. Uh, try, you know, the normalized and the sanitized. You talking about cutting someone's penis off and creating a fake vagina that is a wound that has, that, I mean, and, ho- I mean, yes, that, those need to be, hey, Good morning, soccer fans! Right, yes. Saturday morning with your kids. This is
0: what you're promoting. Don't try to clean it up. Yes. You can't clean it up. Yes, you and need to face reality. And if you don't, and if you don't dilate it, then they get infections <laughs> and they could die. Like, you no, know, it, it's a it's real no, thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: You need to know this. Like, this is because this is the result of poor thinking. But here's here's the worst part about it is it's being done by doctors who have went to some legitimate medical school who paid 150 two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their medical they're trusted that have taken the Hippocratic oath that are part of these hospitals right. that are that are um, supposed to be these places of health and and well-being and trying to help people and it gives this whole veneer yeah of acceptability and professionalism and the adults are in the room and I'm just right. saying man it's the, the abortion adults, playbook it's too. the abortion yeah. playbook and the adults in the room are 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 demonized oh, people who are leading you to hell, you know? The and it's like, it's the place. same kind of situation that's going on. So let's, I mean, we could talk about the barbarism of the whole thing for a long time and the wickedness and all the collateral damage and all the, the things. But then what do you do with aunt Edna? So you use aunt Edna as somebody who is, I'm, I'm using Aunt Edna as your lesbian aunt. You were using it kind of as like a, a I figure we're just going to talk. This, this, is, this, this is
3: one of the things I was, I was going for, so I don't, I can't remember the name of the show, but are we back to the zombie we're gaze? back to the zombie the uh, <laughs> gay zombie show gay zombies um let's hear. But it. if we go with like uh, the one that sticks out to me is Brokeback Mountain. All right, And <laughs> never saw D- it. We're going never, yeah, never, never seen it. Never seen it. Tell me about. Let's yeah. stick with it for a second. All right, it's I don't want to. What stories are we allowing in? Right. So the whoever Aunt Edna is. Yeah. Which story <laughs> are we going? And so there's something. Um, as as a people, I think we are deeply pursuing being entertained. Sure, and we just let access to like I I hear this said a lot of times to um to women: guard your heart. Like it's one of the things that Christian women are kind of taught: guard yeah. your heart. And I I kind of think there we're in a place in time where you don't just get to tell me whatever story, or sure, I won't yeah. participate in watching whatever story. Yeah, sometimes I feel like you got to pull the plug on something. And I, you know, the, 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 uh, the end of it. it is a video game and it went to HBO, but that episode, that episode is like a story that moved so many people about the deepest, truest love. And it's a, it's a homosexual story. So I think it's Christians. You're not safe. You're not safe playing around with those. No, you can't play. Around. You can't play around with them. You can't be like, I can still watch this and get a little. And that's for me. That's for like, I have to that's be good, yeah. very, uh, intentional.
1: About what I'm gonna uh, let influence. I mean, that's me. part of the whole Hollywood mythmaking. Why there's yes. this vast overrepresentation right? of gay stories, and you're going to increasingly get trans or you exactly. know non-binary and, stories, and they're coming out, increasing, and they're doing it because there's, there's a the system. system behind it. It will move you. Sure. Like if you watch it, it will move you,
3: and and you have to. Like em- to, you mean emotionally? Yes, emotionally? It yeah, will, okay, like yeah. they make it to where
0: it's a powerful story. The stories we tell about—I um, don't know—I'm pretty hardened. Hardened. I see that. I'm just like—I get angry because you see the results of it. But
3: that's—that's that's a choice you're making. Yeah, and that's—and that's an informed way to think about the world. Yeah, and a lot of people are just allowing themselves to be entertained, and right. what comes with I it see what you're is saying. you get swallowed up in this right. th- This idea of like. Whoa! That I just cried during that.
2: Must be good. Must be. It did yeah, something yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, everything yeah. About that was this character. Must that be that was yeah. movie? I sold the whole thing.
3: Yeah, right, and right, it, right, that's, right. Your your discernment when you are like allowing yourself to be entertained and immersed, you got to be really careful. We, I, I think that's a at least a piece of winning back the terror. So
1: as as Christians, I think one of the things we have to be doing is just re, like where are we getting our news from, and what I mean, our news. I mean, where are we getting our view of the world from? If you're trying the to unyielding podcast, man, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bible and the unyielding podcast are the two places <laughs> you should be getting your information. But as as we just think about that, like, man, uh, are you is your worldview informed by uh, the media? I mean, is it being shaped by what you're consuming? Is it being shaped by generally what's polite company and, and acceptable information? Is it being shaped by your own experience or really are you standing fast on this word? Are you reinforcing it? Are you ingesting it? Are you agreeing with it? Are you saying, Lord, even man, part of me, this doesn't, your word doesn't sit right with me. The idea that in the, in the, in in the old Testament, that, that homosexuality would carry the death penalty. That doesn't, that doesn't sit right with me. Okay. Then, then just acknowledge that you're wrong there. Acknowledge that the scriptures, however you, like you, what you can't do, what a lot of Christians want to do is they want to wave it away. They want to say, let me, let me move this around. Let me see how can I change this so that it fits with what my view already is. And man, that is one of the things we're we're trying, that's one of the purposes of this podcast to say, don't do that. Submit yourself to the word of God. It is life to you, even if you don't understand, even if you don't agree with it, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if it doesn't line up with your experience, submit yourself to the word of God. That's the only trustworthy light for your life. And and, and trust in the Lord. And and so all these Christians who are trying to um, you know, make compatible our our sexual perversion and the holy scriptures knock it off okay there's a lot of christians who have tried they 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 get into the greek and trying to do anything they can to try to shape it and wait and there's dude there's increasingly every year i'm hearing about new churches and new denominations and new people who are kind of going down that path and and if i mean if you push into it it's just totally weak it's totally insincere there's there's not good theology there there's not good reasoning there what what is so clearly happening is people are trying to make the bible line up with culturally where they're they're accepted and so stop doing that um i i think the idea of of you can love the people in your life well the the people that god brings into your life love them well you can there's all kinds of things that you could do with someone that you love who um is is homosexual you can uh You can befriend them, you can encourage them, you could uh, uh, speak life into them, you could uh, go out to lunch with them, you can hang out with them. You you generally want good for them. You can want good for them. them There's all kinds of things you can do. What you can't do is you can't affirm uh, their rebellion against God in this way. And what you need to do on some level in some way is you need to make it clear. Look, I love you so much, but I love you. And so I'm going to tell you the truth in this way. And it can be compassionate and it can be kind, but it needs to be true. And and it needs to be, it needs to be clear. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that it doesn't, um, a lot of times when I, I, I think there's a place for us to speak out in clear, no nonsense, direct terms to use the kind of language the Bible use uses and say, look, this is wicked, this is perverse. This is um, vile. It says there in Romans 1. Uh, It's okay for us to do that. And actually we should be doing that. It doesn't mean that I'm saying to my friend who's gay, Spencer, you're vile. (laughs) (laughs) You're perverse. Um, It it doesn't mean I'm, I'm saying that about you. I'm saying you're engaged in some wickedness. You need to turn and repent. And so I think... I think one of the things I want to make an argument for is that we as Christians should be speaking loudly and directly on this topic. In a way that that is um, is kind of no holds barred because yeah. the world needs to hear it. Yeah. Your kids need to hear it. The people growing up in the church need to hear it. They need to be validated because on every other angle they're hearing these lies that are corrupting and that are yeah. that are leading them astray. On that note, my son
2: he's been coming home telling me there's this kid at school. He's a boy. He acts like a girl. He, he talks like a girl. Is you know, he's moving around. You know, and he's he's bothered by it, right? Which is which. Good on him. Good, yeah. Right. That it's not just like oh this is great. Um, when we talk about it, I say, "Okay, that's not right, right? A ma- a man should be acting like a man, yeah, but one thing is he's a kid. We don't know. Let me just give you some, you know some some perspective on him. His parents are responsible for him also. I don't know if he ha- does he have a dad? does he have a does he have a dad that's teaching him how to be a man? Maybe he doesn't. not every kid does, right? I'm telling this with my son, maybe he doesn't have someone teach him how to be a man. Maybe he's effeminate, you know, for different reasons. So have some grace with him. What he's doing is not correct. Right. It doesn't make him a bad person, and he's not fully, you know, uh, responsible for this. Possibly, um, but know that what he's doing is not right. That's not how men act, right? So yeah, it's not. So he's, you know, we're talking about this, and then yeah. he comes home and he says, "Hey, you know, at uh, PE today, so and so, whatever his name is, um, you know, he was on. We were running laps, and he was laying on the ground crying. You know, not from an injury. Just he's laying on the ground crying, yeah. right? And I'm like, yeah, that's not right. And I was about to give my son, I was like, hey, but you know, you know, you can. That's true, that's not right, that's not manly, and you sh- but you should encourage him. He said, I went up to him and I said, Come on, you can do it. Yeah. Cool. And, and and that awesome. is amazing. I said, you I said, I was going on this oh, I was going down the road. You can encourage him to be a man, right? That's that's a good thing to do instead of just looking down on what he's doing. And he he jumped into I already did it. Awesome. Yeah. I told him, you know, hey, get up, man. You got this. You're a man, you were made for this, you can do it. Right. Right? Man up and and let that be a charge, not a not a, not a bashing of some, you know. Yeah. So anyway, that that
3: one of the things uh, you said earlier, I think, is really important as as for Christians to know. Like this is a really hard thing, right? It's hard to step into this. It takes courage, but with the Holy Spirit in us and with with Christ, you get access to His supernatural power. And sometimes you just need to be praying. You just need to be like, I don't know what to say to that person. Yeah. But there is a space in between righteousness and 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 like harshness and compassion. That I I am ultimately confident. God gives you direction in those things. Yeah. So there, there, you you know, there's not one answer to this. But but bread, you gotta make sure you bread bread don't fall into that space between that you show both righteousness. That's what I'm saying. Compassion. You, don't, yeah, you yeah. don't you don't you don't compromise on yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find the space on how to navigate communicating both to the person. both Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't abridge the righteousness or the compassion. It's most full when you're following right. Jesus but stay close to him and that that gives you a route into like seeing discerning what what kind of person you're interacting with what you need to present in those times how it's different from talking to a doctor versus uh you know uh, whatever we called it earlier a, a refugee who you know those are those are very complicated things and your discernment and your ability to be effective in it i think requires you to be steeped in God's word sure. be prayerful cuz you know, there's not one like do this every time and that's gonna get
1: us out of yeah, the situation. Yeah, ha- having wisdom and being led by the spirit. There's a million other things that could be said. That's probably a good place for us to to land here for this podcast. So podcast number four, the unyielding podcast in the books. God bless you guys and we'll see you next time.